0: From the studios of News Talk 1480 WHBC, it's Kenny and JT.
2: Spring training underway for your Cleveland Guardians. First game this Saturday against the Cincinnati Reds at 3 o'clock. Hard to believe it's here already. And to get an early look at spring training, let's go to the hotline right now and bring in former Indians pitcher from 07 to 10. And now he's one of their live analysts for uh, Cleveland Guardians Live as well as does some work on MLB Networks uh, as a radio host. We're bringing back to the show Jensen Lewis. J. Lou, how are you, my friend?
0: Doing great, guys. Uh, always great to be back with you. And uh, yeah, I can't believe it's already here—forty-eight hours to game day. Let's get it
2: going. Yeah, good. Good. Uh, you know, for all the guys to get back together and get it rocking and rolling. And, and Jensen, uh, what what do you remember about uh, your time in the bigs, having the off season, and then when you get to spring training? Give our listeners an idea of what happens maybe in that first week leading up to that first game.
0: Yeah, honestly, Ro, man, I go back to my first ever big league camp, which was 2008. And it was ironically the last year that we were in Winter Haven. And um, I think the experience for me was, you know, coming off uh, playing deep into October in a game seven of the American league championship series and having that off season really truncated as far as rest and recovery goes kind of three less weeks uh, to, to let your body rest and, and get your arm back in shape. So Uh, That was definitely a transition from what does the routine look like and going coming into camp that I was going to have a spot on the team, I could kind of segment things out as far as my workload goes to really start to ramp up uh, on a different timetable than some guys that might be coming in trying to fight for a spot. So uh, as it pertains to to how we look at this year's camp, kind of the same thing where uh, a lot of different spots where guys are going to be battling for positions and a lot of young guys getting a lot of looks uh, early in camp and probably throughout the middle to end there to decide who's going to be on that 26-man leaving to head out for Oakland.
1: Jensen, last year's season different than this year's, especially at the beginning because there's no World Baseball Classic. Did we make much to do about nothing last year, or were these guys basically spent before the season started?
0: Yeah, J.T., that's always been one of the things that, that people point back to when it's either injuries or it's poor performance, mm-hmm. Uh, and I do think there there is some legitimacy to that. However, you know we live in a day and age now where uh, you you're really prepared probably by the end of December to come into camp, maybe even as uh, late as mid-January, and and guys could probably play a major league game for keeps, you know, probably by Saturday when we'll see guys go out there. It, it's not the old days where you use camp to get ready. So uh, I don't buy too much into it mm-hmm. as far as uh, that that being kind of the status quo. But I, I do feel that. Uh, you know, Major League Baseball does a great job of, of trying to get these guys as much time to not only be prepared, but also to segue back into their respective big league camps with their respective teams. I think it'll be intriguing to see moving forward because it was such a big hit for not only the United States, but also internationally and growing the game. I mean, you saw the fervor of, you know, guys in the Dominican Republic and Venezuela and Japan and and what it means to some of these international players not only for them individually but but as a nation I, you hear some of the, the latin american guys talk about it as it means more to them than winning the actual world series which should should tell you what what the impact has been like but as far as as rosters go it, it's kind of the same way when you look at uh some of the all-star games um, you know even the nba all-star game where you have the slam dunk competition you got head coaches kind of holding their breath with guys jumping over cars and over people and you know, you, you land one wrong way and, and you lose a player. So uh, there's there's risk involved in anything regardless of what time of year you play, uh, but I don't think the, the World Baseball Classic is going away anytime soon. All
2: right, Jay Lou, is this fair on my, my part looking at the Guardians this way? They're rebuilding the stadium, they're rebuilding the coaching staff, they're rebuilding the team. It's a rebuilding year for the Guardians.
0: Uh, I wouldn't put rebuild on it, Roadman, but I, I can understand where you're coming from. I think it's a, I think it's a retool, or perhaps it's it's kind of a movement uh year for them. And and I'll I'll start with obviously in the dugout, and, and we know it's going to be way different without having a Hall of Famer in there. And Terry Francona, it, it's just the nature of the beast. And and Kenny, to be honest with you, I had a chance to talk with Holbert Cabrera, uh, who coached ironically Team Columbia in the World Baseball Classic uh, this past. You know see this past year, and he just told me the speed of the game is is just ridiculously fast when you're in that spot for the first time. And so for me, regardless of who's on the field, I think that's the first thing I'll be watching for for Steven Vogt is what does the pace of the game do to impact his thought process, even as a former catcher the first time he's been doing it not only at the big league level but period and and I think that in, in and of itself is where the fan base is going to have to have some patience. The first three to four weeks is going to be one of those onboarding processes and, and even to a certain extent in spring training here as he goes through the next two to three weeks. But to me, that's that's where you find the difference makers of managers when you look at guys like Kevin Cash and, and Aaron Boone who are, are really good in the American League side. Heck, you look at, at Bruce Bochy in Texas. He's been doing it forever. Uh, you put him back in there even after a couple of years off and he's, he's pressing all the right buttons. So it takes time. It takes experience, nothing to take away from Steven. And I think for him, he's even admitted himself, that he's going to be learning every single day. And I think we have to understand that watching this club. So the biggest thing for me is, is where's the offense coming from mm-hmm. in the outfield and, and who is going to be in that outfield. I think that's the biggest question to answer uh, from a position player side, because it involves so many moving pieces and if you get that figured out, then perhaps some of the other dominoes fall in play.
1: Obviously, with no offseason moves, so to speak, as far as free agency is concerned, the strength of this team going in this season, again, is going to be starting pitching. As, as a big leaguer, Jensen, did you ever have shoulder surgery or anything like we've seen with Tristan McKenzie? And when we think about this upcoming season, and he didn't have surgery last year, are we looking at this thing and we're thinking, you know, fingers crossed that Tristan McKenzie's able to pitch and pitch well or maybe even last should I even say, all season long?
0: Hey, J.C., it's a it's a very, very important thing watching early on here about uh, the workload, and, and I know the, the staff in the front office have even alluded to the fact that they'll take him a bit slower just to make sure he gets through camp healthy and is set up to be able to, to have a chance at that durability that that you talk about. There's no question. Uh, as Shane Bieber and Tristan McKenzie go this year, so go probably the pitching staff, and I think for me, when you look a couple years back when it was Beaver, McKenzie, and Cal Quantrill, who basically posted almost every time through the rotation you know, 30-plus starts for all those guys, you see the difference maker that it is, not only in the length and durability, but remember, guys, that also protects the bullpen, especially early in the season. Those are always the most critical months, whether you're going to have an effective pen or not, from an injury standpoint, in April and May, Again, you're probably not going to see guys going seven or eight innings in their starts, but having efficient innings, having low-impact innings and and not overexposing the the length of your bullpen, if you can find a way to get to the middle of May and and you've really held everyone in tow, then it sets you up for a really, really good year.
2: Jensen, us old-timers, right? We look back to when we were kids watching Tom Seaver, Steve Carlton, Bob Gibson, uh, and go back further, Sandy Koufax, Rapid Rob, Robert, Bob Feller. I used to throw both ends of a doubleheader, and I, I could pitch nine more innings after that. Why has it changed so much where guys, if they go six innings, that's considered a quality start. If the legendary Bob Feller were here, he'd laugh at that uh, because uh, six innings didn't mean doodly squat unless you completed the game. Why has it changed so much, and why can't guys throw more innings today?
0: Yeah, I think uh, the easy answer is that it's a modern era of having so much data, uh, so much information now about what the actual impact on the human body, uh, the pitching motion does. And and now you're also seeing, too, in the last five to ten years, Kenny, that the average fastball velocity has really crept up across the board, whether that's starters, whether that's relievers. Uh, I mean, I look back at, at my first couple of years in the big leagues, and I thought, God, I'm, I'm throwing 94, 95. I'm, I'm throwing some heat. And right now, that's like batting practice in our game. I mean, you've got guys rolling out of bed, throwing 98 to 100, and it's just the state of the game and, and where things are. Now, the byproduct of that is the impact and the stress on the body. I mean, you're, you're doing something that is physically uh, one of the most harmful things you can do physiologically to the human body That's throw baseball at the velocity that guys are throwing it at the amount of reps that they're doing it too. So I, I think there's some differentiation now and I use our modern era. I'll kind of expand it out to probably the last 20 to 30 years is that we've got so much more medical data. We've got a lot more of the analytics based and, and we've seen this play out uh, with some of those teams. And the easy example is going back to Tampa Bay and, and when Kevin Cash took Blake Snell out, you know, in the, in the fifth, sixth inning only two times through the lineup. Uh, and seeing where some of the data spits that out, I'm with you, Kenny. Like I'm, I'm try to marry the eye test with some of the advanced data. I think there's some, it's not a video game by any stretch, but I understand where the numbers help impact you from a day-to-day standpoint, and also a, 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 an entire season standpoint. But for me, I think a lot of it is predicated on you're seeing guys do stuff that, that just hasn't been done, and physiologically trying to catch up. To see where the human body can handle that, and where it can't.
1: Jensen, I'm trying to jog my memory back to last season, towards the end of it, anyway, or when they made the announcement that Stephen Vogt was going to be the manager. I-, I can't remember for sure. Did you play on a team with Stephen Vogt, or knew him previously?
0: Uh, actually, JT, we kind of passed, uh, you know, career paths, if you will. I was right at the end of mine there in 2012 and 2013 when he was making his debut, uh, I believe, with the Rays there in 2011, 2012. Okay. So. Uh, somewhat chips passing in the night i think we might have faced off uh, against each other a couple of times in spring training but uh to in true catcher form those guys remember everything Mm -hmm. and at the press conference when i got a chance to finally ask him a question or two it's like we we never left he like he goes hey great to see you again i'm like gosh it's been over a decade man (laughs) a lot kind of happened here uh but it kind of speaks to not only his intellect, but his feel and his understanding of of what's going on and and his surroundings as well.
1: Historically speaking, obviously a catcher is involved in every game, every play usually. Um, Good decision for a first-time guy out to hire a guy that doesn't have any managerial experience in your opinion?
0: I I think it's going to be one of the big questions, not only of this season, but when we look back and and kind of see where the process was, and, and I've said this before, I think it was more uh, the front office saying We feel more than comfortable with the interview process, and I think even it might have been Chris Anthony and or Mike Chernoff that both said, you know, how many you know tens or hundreds of Zoom calls and meetings and um, you know different conversations to go through the process. I said, it, it, I think it tells you of the candidates that were perhaps in that final grouping or those those short lists of, of who could ultimately get the job. It, it speaks volumes as to what they really felt, not only about the person, but the the leader. And I, and I think that's probably the one thing you look at when you try and say, hey, how do you fill a Hall of Famer's shoes in year one? You can't do that. We know yeah. that. But is this a transition year now from a culture standpoint into the youth movement is here in every sense of the word because look at the guy who's calling the shots in the dugout. So. Uh, I definitely feel there's wisdom there probably beyond his years, and and I think that's what this front office probably saw more than anything is that the relatability to how young this club is going to be for the foreseeable future and for a guy that literally just stepped off the field just a couple years ago, there's some symmetry there that, that perhaps could be difference makers in ways that you may not just see in the box score.
2: Happy to have with us Jensen Lewis, former Indians pitcher from 07 to 10. You can follow him on Twitter at jlu 50 now an analyst. Uh, for uh, the Cleveland Guardians on uh, ballet's as well as doing work at uh, the MLB Network. You mentioned earlier where's the offense going to come from, especially in the outfield. I did some digging on that, uh, J. Lou. 27th out of 30 teams in runs scored last year at 662. Dead last, 30 out of 30 in home runs with only 124. Your leader was Jose uh, with 24. And they did not even address any of that uh, in the offseason, getting Ds and Fs from all the Uh, writers throughout Major League Baseball Uh, how are they going to score runs because uh, as we have found out just like in basketball with the three-pointer today's MLB is about hitting home runs and the Guardians stink at that
0: yeah the the power of the slug are going to be two key focal points and you know you you the the numbers just don't lie you're right 27th I think in OPS overall 27th in runs scored They, they were top five in stolen bases but I'm with you. If you look at the teams that, that make it to October and advance in October deep into those championship series and ultimately the World Series, they hit the ball out of the ballpark. And, and yep. to me, that's, that's where you look at, okay, if they felt with and, – and, and to qualify it too, and I don't think it was going to be a big off season anyway from uh, an acquisition standpoint just with but certainly they were at internally with the guys and the kids they want to get a look at. But certainly the RSN issues were, were playing into not only just the Guardians, but you look at the world champion, Texas Rangers. Heck, the Minnesota Twins have cut payroll. They won the division last year. A lot of ownership and a lot of people i talked to nationally around the league. It's no secret. Those teams that were affected by that uncertainty, they not only didn't have cost certainty going into this year, but guys, remember, that entire landscape is going to change beginning next year and beyond. So, it's hard for some of those teams to make the long term commitment, heck, even the short term commitment. I mean, look, like, we got Blake Snell, we got Jordan Montgomery, we got Matt Chapman, we got Cody Bellinger, JD Martinez. We got some big time names and some really well established free agents that don't even have a home. And we're almost to the end of February. It is kind of mind boggling. But when you think about it from that angle, where teams just, they literally don't know what money they have coming in, uh, at least from a base, that's hard to do business. And so, not an excuse, but definitely something that played into why the Guardians were like, "Okay, we got to see what we have," but also at the same time, we're probably not going to go spend a boatload of money. That all being said, I would look at Kyle Manzardo. I would look at Davison De Los Santos. Uh, I think you have to give Gabe Arias the opportunity to, to not only win the job, but have that opportunity at shortstop to really allow some of that power we saw last year come through. Yes, the issues against left-handed pitching were were. Pretty alarming last year. Let's hope that playing winter ball this year helped work some of those kinks out. But you're right. Ultimately, are the answers in-house? We're going to find out here in the first month or two. But I do believe if they're going to end up being a contending club, you're going to have to go get at least one more power bat if one doesn't surface within the organization.
1: I'll give you the reason that those numbers that Kenny Rota just gave you are deflated numbers, and feel free to use this on your broadcasts. Because you're not going to be committed to Zanino or Bell for the first half of the season before you trade those guys. And they couldn't get the job done. And maybe these younger guys do manage some more offense.
0: Yeah, JT, I, I would also circle Bo Naylor, too, uh, yeah. as a guy. and I even ranked him uh, as, as my 10th catcher in our top 10 list on LV Network Radio when we went by position. I think he's got a chance to really have a special year. Also remember this, guys. Josh Naylor was on pace for 30-plus homers and over 100 RBIs before he had the injury. Uh, I think as long as he stays healthy, not he, maybe he doesn't replicate last year, but he's got a, certainly a great chance to hit 25-plus. Uh, Andres Jimenez, too, I mean, it, it, for a while there it, it was tough sledding, and then he finally turned it on and got moving. So uh, internally you've got obviously the easy three there in, in Jimenez and, and J-Ram and Josh Naylor. I'd add Bo Naylor there from the catching position. We've been screaming for offense from that spot. I think he's in a better frame of mind this year knowing he is the catcher from day one, and that's a huge relief, especially for young players, how he's able to handle the staff and his offensive performance at the same time. He's got a great mentor in Austin Hedges to help him out there. But you guys are right. you got to hit the ball out of the ballpark if you want to play October baseball.
2: I made this note, uh, Jay Lou, as we uh, end our conversation with you. Uh, I looked it up on my phone. The Phillies and Astros and Diamondbacks just scored a total of 17 runs in their three wins yesterday in the postseason, and 15 of those 17 runs were driven in by home runs. So if you can't hit the ball out of the ballpark, you can't win. I don't care. Tell me stolen bases, uh, war, OPS, all that other crap. No, hit the ball out of the ballpark, and you have a chance to win. So we'll see if the the Guardians' young kids can start doing that. If not, it could be a long season, Jay. We we hope not, uh, but uh, we'll have an opportunity to talk with you about it as the season rolls along, all right?
0: You got it. Sounds good, boys. And, uh, hey, anyone looking to come over to the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame Luncheon Club on Monday the 26th, Uh, I'll be speaking over there, excited to get back down there and talk with everyone. So uh, looking forward to being with you guys too as well.
2: There is Jensen Lewis, former Indians pitcher, closer, and now an analyst, breaking down the tribe, or excuse me, the Guardians in spring training.